0: and welcome to Sisters, Sabers, and Star Destroyers, a podcast where two sisters talk about and bond over all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Sam. And I'm your host, Maddie. All right, and today we will be discussing the theme of rebellion and resistance in Star Wars. So at the time of recording this, Andor is going to release in a couple of days, and I thought that it would be a great time to talk about a really central plot and theme in Star Wars, which is that of rebellion and resistance. It's central to the originals, it's central to the sequels, um, and a bunch of other media that Star Wars has released as well. So I thought it'd be a great time to really discuss that.
1: And then for today, I think we're mainly focusing on Rogue One as a story and how the themes of resistance play in that. Um, We'll probably also discuss, you know, the originals and how that plays as well.
0: I'll probably bring up the sequels as well. I think that's important. I mean, there's a reason that the sequels are about rebellion because it's an interesting story that they wanted to bring back. So
1: yeah. Uh, before we get started, though, I just want to say we've taken a little hiatus for a couple weeks. I recently had a very big move. So I was settling in and everything there. Um, but we're back. So yay. <laughs> All right. So I I'm kind of leading
0: this episode. So I'll kind of lead this discussion. The first thing. So I have a few big like themes of rebellion and resistance just kind of listed and I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go through each of them and we'll kind of discuss it in terms of just like the political concept of rebellion and how this really ties into Star Wars with characters so my first big theme is sacrifice like you have to be willing to really forsake a lot of your normal life to progress like into this state of rebellion like individuals and it can be really hard to get people to do
1: that yeah yeah definitely
0: so like you really have to sacrifice a lot both in terms of like everyday life, what you're used to, the status quo. But additionally, once you're in the rebellion, you might have to do things that like go beyond your morals, um, something that's really all for the cause. And Cassian is a great example of this in row one.
1: Yeah, and a point about that as well. I mean, he says the I've done so many things for the rebellion and it just demonstrates that everyone has to sacrifice maybe their morals as well as their physical uh, like abilities and body for the cause because it just it consumes all of you you can't be you can't half-ass a rebellion basically no
0: you can't because it's something that's beyond the bounds of normal society you can't yeah as you said you can't half-ass going into rebellion because well, like, you can't you can't half-ass rebellion in any form because the whole point of it is that it's going against the status quo and the main power and I think that Rogue One, and I think Star Wars Rebels also really shows this, like, there's no option, other yeah. option once you go into Rebellion.
1: I mean, look at, uh, I mean, Kanan and Hera, they sacrificed their relationship for the Rebellion. Um, there's so many people that have just been sacrificed um, in the name of the Rebellion, like, okay, we're gonna, but where it's the rest of the Rebellion has to live so that, so these few people need to die in order for the rest to thrive, well, um,
0: Ezra does that in the very end of Rebels. He sa- and it's for a smaller band. It's not for the entire rebellion, but he sacrifices himself, take Thrawn off of Lethal, so that everybody else and Lethal can prosper. And that's a massive thing for Ezra to do. And I think the
1: Jedi have their own sort of
0: connection with sacrifice
1: because there's like
0: that much greater power like force ghosts.
1: yeah and the jedi have this i think they have kind of this soldier culture of it's like an honor to sacrifice yourself in battle that's yeah.
0: a- japanese influence i think of the samurai which has a little bit of an inspiration for the jedi and there's yeah. an honor and sacrifice and it makes you wonder why and it's giving her something fully to it there's something about loyalty which really ties into my next point about like really important things in Rebellion is that of uh, trust which is a massive theme in Rogue One mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly at what point in the movie it is but like Jin wants a blaster and Cassian's like no you can't have one and she's like trust goes
1: both ways like you're like I'm trusting you like yeah and then he you have to trust me well there's that moment where they break a little of that trust because Cassian was sent to assassinate Jin's father and she um, finds out about this and some of that trust is lost and then they then have to gain that back and once they gain back that trust at the very end when he agrees to go to Scarif with her that is when they truly like succeed what they're trying to do for the rebellion unfortunately through the death of many people hey um... sacrifice right
0: (laughs) trust is so important because without trust rebellions don't work right there's no You can't rely on like normal society society structures to keep everybody bonded because the rebellion The whole point is rebellions are beyond that. They're usually against the like status quo, right? Yeah. So without trust, rebellions are nothing. And I think that's an absolutely massive theme in Star Wars is really just trusting people. And I think Rogue One is the best example. I think Rebels does that a little bit.
1: The originals do that as well. Yeah. And it's all, even like
0: Luke, you know, he's trusting the force, which isn't quite the same as trusting people, but he's trusting the force and he's taking down the Death Star, you know, it's, and trust, I think often goes with hope because hope is something that's not based in any concrete evidence. Like it might be a little bit, but hope is really based on trusting things that are going to work out. And that general culture that you see in the rebellion in Star Wars is all based on trust.
1: Yeah, and hope, um, and then going to the originals for kind of looking at the trust perspective. Han Solo, part of his arc is he's not very, he doesn't trust anyone, and he doesn't believe in rebellions or the force or anything, but then as you see his character develop throughout the trilogy, he starts gaining that trust of other people, gaining that trust of relying on other people and gaining that trust that hope is something that can actually save people and um like take down the empire essentially so trust is very important
0: yeah and another um i think really key thing that star wars and just general rebellions focus on is the idea of unity yeah if you don't have a unified force nothing's going to happen um and i think a big downfall of the empire is you didn't have a unified group that was unified by passion for the cause right like the empire was put just by brute force and at least media will have us believe that that never works right yeah like you have to have people believe in the cause and I think Star Wars Rebels right the whole show and I think Andor is going to be about this as well I'm very excited for
1: Andor I know you're I, hope a little it's, bit, yeah.
0: I know Maddie is a little bit less she's
1: uh, just what, the thing cautiously is, optimistic is that how you describe it? Cautiously optimistic. optimistic. I was also cautiously optimistic about the Kenobi show because I had just seen the book of Boba Fett and I was severely disappointed by that. Yes. So now, all of the other shows that are coming out in Star Wars right now, I've been cautiously optimistic, you know? So I'm hopeful because Kenobi show turned out really good and I'm happy. Oh, so that. good. So I'm hoping the Andor show will also turn out good, but I'm not getting any hopes up yet.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. But anyway, like Rebels, and I think Andor is going to be about this, is about bringing people together. Like Rebels starts. It's a very small cell. They're doing their own thing. You know, it's a very unified group, but it's what, six if you include Chopper, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chopper's part of the team. Is he the best droid? Obviously, in my opinion. That's a debate for another time. Okay. But we, can well, come back to that. we can talk about droids another time, but Chopper is my favorite droid. He's just the obnoxious cat and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but rebels you know it's a very unified group and they work so well together that's why i love rebels so much but the entire show is about banding the rebellion and how this all comes to be and i think hopefully andrew's about this but you can see like Kanan doesn't trust the greater group at first like i think phoenix squadron eventually is what it's called and Hera's known about this all along but i think Kanan definitely feels betrayed by this break of trust from hera and eventually they fix it but it just really shows a strong unified force is so like important. important to really bring down larger regimes.
1: Well, I mean, I guess you could say that in order to break unity, you, you have to like unify to tear it down. Like the yeah. empire is a very unified front. Um, they're, they're very imposing. And uh, I guess by coming together and unifying, that's the only way to break down. So. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. And there's definitely like, I don't, I don't think there's as much of a social unity. My one of my favorite episodes in Star Wars Rebels, which I just love that show is mm-hmm. the one with um, Zeb and Callus on that. I oh. forgot what the planet's called, <laughs> but that ice planet. I think it's a moon, but yes, that is one. Is it a moon? It's a moon. Something. Okay. On this like ice moon where they have to like survive and stuff. Callus and Zeb are so sure that each of their respective parties are going to come and like save them first. Yeah. You know, the, the specters show up and the Empire eventually shows up for Callus, but the specters show up first. And they get Zeb and get off planet. I love the juxtaposition at the end of that episode of, like, Zeb's homecoming versus Calus' yeah. homecoming. Like, no one cares about Calus coming home, but they're so happy that Zeb's back. Like, that whole, the whole family on the ghost.
1: Well, I guess the problem is that you can have all the um, unified front, like, brute force that the Empire has, but, like, the true strength, I guess, is social connections is what you could pull from that example. Um
0: yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Kallus just goes to his and no one cares that he's back. And I think that's that's a weak part in the Empire. It's like once Palpatine is, we'll say killed, he's killed in the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, <laughs> he gets resurrected, we'll say that. When like Palpatine is gone in the end of Return of the Jedi, I think it's made very obvious that the Empire kind of just falls apart really quickly. And it's because Palpatine was a central leader keeping everything together, right? With probably Vader as his like, Lackey to go, rough yeah. some people up and force choke them into submission, right? But there wasn't this greater passion that you see in the rebellion. Like in Rogue One, you have all of these big eaters die, like, and we don't know them very well. But obviously, one of the um, the squid people. What what's the name of that species? The squid the people. Calamari? isn't that
1: that's just squid in another way? No, Mon, Mon my... Okay, uh,
0: what's an original name? Oh, well, cor- the Corin
1: people. No, I thought those were those are the squid people. You know that one episode of Clone Wars I'm thinking about. (laughs) Yes, the (laughs) the water war. why can not I remember the squids?
0: The squids with Akbar. That's that's the species I'm talking about. Those I think think that's Montcalmari. Montcalmari Admiral Radis. He obviously seems like he was a really big leader of the Rebellion, but he dies. I'm pretty sure he dies in Rogue One. Um, and you can see that even though so many of these leaders like die in that movie like dot force like even like organa who's one of the like bail organa who's one of the largest leaders of the rebellion uh, dies off screen we don't know who he is but he dies off screen in a new hope but the rebellion lives on because it's more than just a regime it's a whole it's a it's a thought and it's a mindset and these people are united behind a cause
1: yeah did i hear you almost quit the quote jin there Films no, are built I'm on kidding. hope. <laughs> they are. They're. They are. They are. Yeah. Anyway, I
0: think unity and having a really clear concept is really important.
1: Um, yeah. Can we which... talk about Jin for a little bit?
0: Oh, we could definitely talk about Jin. Okay. I think she's a fantastic example.
1: Jin is a very good character, and I really want to commend the Rogue One writing team and whatever for creating a character that we care so much about and then killing her off in the same movie <laughs> but, and it makes total sense and it makes like, total sense i uh, feel about cassian I cassian love- as well i um, honestly all of the characters in row one i think are very they contribute so well to star wars universe as a whole um and so you forget they're just in one movie because it's like they had such an impact so specifically zooming in on Jin. Personally, I think she is a very good representation on how rebellions are start and then how they continue and progress into this massive, like, um, movement of people trying to change the world. So, she starts out very apathetic, Jen. She doesn't, like, she cares, but she just doesn't have the energy or she doesn't care enough, like, I believe in the quote episode, we talked about the one quote where it's like, it's not a problem if you don't look up. Oh, yeah.
0: That was both our third favorite quote.
1: Yeah. So we definitely like the ignorance. Or She wasn't ignorant. She just didn't want to do anything about it. And so then the moment that made her join the rebellion is the connection with her dad. And uh, she's helping out the rebellion, but she doesn't truly like join it until her father dies. And so that is a very personal connection that led her to join. So I feel like a lot of rebellions start when when people are personally affected. I don't think people just join a rebellion when there's no relation to them. It requires a personal effect first.
0: No, I totally agree. I mean, you see that with um, Ezra as well. He's another great example. Very apathetic in the beginning, but, you know, his parents being kidnapped that's how he gets more involved and stuff and you see it i'm sure we'll see what cassian's story is um and yeah. and or and sabine the same thing like it's not until the empire uses her weapon on her own people that she turns you know turns to the other side and, and i think
1: you could argue luke as well once his aunt and uncle uh, are killed by the stormtroopers that's when he also yeah. decides to go off on his journey, so everything starts at a very personal level, and then I think something that Jin does is she takes that love and that passion for her father, and then she decides to use that as fuel for this new rebellion. So she's picked this yeah. cause to channel all of that emotion into, and that's how it's like spreads into a more uh, selfless or heroic action for the rebellion. Yeah. And it's a cause her father also believed in,
0: even if he didn't know that he was working. Or I guess he knew about Sagarera, but we'll yeah. we'll talk about Saw in a bit. But I wanted, for all of these characters we're talking about, what's happened is they have nothing left to lose anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Ezra's, he's he's just this, like, what, 14, 15-year-old kid who has no family anymore. He's just stealing off the streets of Lithal. Jin's, her parents are dead. And same with Luke. Like, there's nothing on him, for him on Tatooine anymore after his aunt and uncle. Have died. Yeah, like it's, and I think that's another thing you have to get enough of these people. At least in Star Wars, this is the case. You have to get enough of these people that have nothing else really going for them, so that they can they can sacrifice what life they had for this for this rebellion and for this cause. Ray, I mean, is the exact same way. She has nothing going for her on Jakku, in any yeah. form, right? Yeah. And Finn just doesn't want to live his. His life. He just hates being a stormtrooper.
1: Well, that affects him personally. Like he's probably had abuse being a stormtrooper and treated very badly. And then he sees this cause. He kind of stumbles onto it, if I remember correctly. Um. Well, he wants to get off, and then they find Poe. I don't know. He doesn't want to
0: shoot people on whatever planet halo yeah. Ren arrives on in the very beginning of Force Awakens. And then he finds Poe, and he's this great opportunity to get off. Like I think Finn is a very interesting example because he's someone who has been raised with the rhetoric of the of the I guess the first order at that point and still can't hold on which shows just how weak the unity in the empire is brute show of power to keep people in line
1: I agree and i mean in my notes what i kind of to sum up this section um i said people don't usually join a rebellion unless not joining becomes unlivable so that's where you see Ezra ray um Jin, I would say and probably Cassian I'm a I'm 99% yeah. sure that I mean, is why he joined yeah <laughs> well, what do you say about reason yeah
0: Sabine I mean her she was an outcast in her family like what else was she yeah. gonna do right um and Kanan Zeb, <laughs> the Jedi. yeah well the Jedi are just their own they're the Jedi <laughs> yeah. are their own thing like the yeah. Jedi really get their own category because they're like fugitives in the empire yeah um, and, and there's just I was gonna say Hera just does it because that's all she knows. Like her, that's what her dad's been doing, so
1: she yeah. already grew up in it. And that's kind of why Leia does as well because of Bail. Um, yeah,
0: and and Leia's just just she's just such a good person. Like, so
1: there's a few exceptions to like the it has to personally affect you rule, but I think as a whole, that's how most rebellions start.
0: Yeah, but then what happens is you get enough people. That there's a lot of people who probably didn't like their daily life in the Empire. We know there's a lot, right? So, yeah. But you have to get enough people already starting a movement to get those that have to leave a lot of their life behind to join. Like you wanna make it like so that the risk of joining this rebellion that is like illegal and will, you know, might end violently, so that the risk is lower. I really kind of going away from those themes of rebellion, I really want to talk about Saga because I thought sense this sense was sense. an excellent addition that they did in the Clone Wars to the idea of rebellion. Yeah. Maddie's waving her hands frantically, so I assume she wants to <laughs> say something.
1: <laughs> so that's one of the biggest sections of, in my notes, actually, was okay. about Sagrera. I think it takes up like half of my page. Okay, um, solid. So I also thought that it really did enhance Rogue One as a movie uh, to put in the character of Sagrera. Let's just go from surface level first and then dive in. Okay. How they portrayed his looks was very purposeful him having that breathing apparatus and kind of a limp and very just sickly and like dying basically is (laughs) kind of a um parallel between vader as well especially with the breathing apparatus and so i think it demonstrates this kind of horseshoe effect so the extremes of both sides will eventually meet in the middle um so extremes of both sides. Let's talk about that a little bit, shall we? Yeah,
0: well you could <laughs> we first meet Saguerrera in the Clone Wars. On Onderon, right? Is that the first arc we yeah. meet
1: him in? With his with remember, his sister, Stila. Didn't Rogue One come out before that arc no. or did the mm-hmm. arc come out before
0: Well, Ro well, Clone Wars, um the first round finished in 2012 and Rogue One came out oh, in 2016. Yeah, yeah. So Saw was is the Clone Wars character first and then they brought him into Rogue One which is makes so much sense for his character. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be an Andor so yeah we'll see yeah, we'll is. see. Um, but I think when they first introduced him in on and it is it's a rebellion that the Jedi are helping and him and Anakin get along I think if I remember correctly they seem very similar because Anakin can be a very like he can little go a little bit too far, a little bit too drastic. Kind of um that's how Greer does this, especially in Rogue One, like going beyond, like losing being so focused on the task at hand that you lose sight of what the task is trying to do.
1: Yeah. Right? Like it's like, losing
0: the purpose.
1: You get carried away. Because then I think in it's very hard to walk the line, I think, between rebelling against something that's oppressive and then rebelling out of revenge and i think saw guerrera becomes comes uh, to represent this revenge kind of rebellion where he just wants to hurt them the way that the empire has hurt him which is a very or at that I point
0: think, it was the um the separatists because that started it started with the separatists yeah. sister.
1: separatists empire very closely related all this it is palestine um but fair <laughs> uh so it's just like he comes from a very revenge kind of aspect, and that can really lead you down a rabbit hole. Uh, that's That kind of theme is portrayed all over fiction is just going too far with your revenge dreams.
0: I really appreciate Star Wars bringing in this dynamic with Rebellion, because it's not one big unified force, right? We've unity yeah. is really important, but as you see, I think it's season three. He's Star Wars and Rebels a bit, um, but he really starts questioning the leaders of the rebellion and it can you see it starts to sow these seeds of doubt like I think Ezra is really on board with Sagawera yeah. in the beginning Ezra and Sabine I think especially Ezra but Sabine tags along a bit are both really on board and Hera is not and within this group like they're bringing each other down right which is why unity and loyalty is so important and that revenge like festering can become so ugly that it becomes so violent and I think in rebellion violence is necessary but with Sagrera it's over the top like yeah. he just doesn't trust other rebels at all right like Very he paranoid. doesn't trust Cassian and any well granted Cassian did shoot one of Sagrera's men which is yes. fair um, but he doesn't trust like Cassian when they go to um, Jeddah, even though they are technically going towards the same goal of getting rid of the empire you know he doesn't want to give them this route recording or any of that like and even though it's so important to this cause
1: it's very um paranoid behavior uh which I think it's a very good theme that Rogue One tried to capture uh because I think it exists exists in real life as well so kind of branching off of that topic a little bit I wanted to focus on Cassian especially with the Endor show coming out
0: And when this, when this, hopefully when this gets released on Friday, uh, Three Ops
1: is a little (laughs) bit out, so I'm excited. So he talks, he alludes to all of these terrible things that he has had to do for the Rebellion. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to see some of these things. Oh, I hope we do. I I want this to be
0: like a dark show about the dark side of Rebellion.
1: Because the years that it's taking place are not a happy year in the Star Wars galaxy. Well,
0: Um, the Star Wars galaxy is never happy. (laughs) It's sadness (laughs) all the time. We all die from sadness when watching Star Wars except Padme because she
1: did not, did so not die. Of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Sorry, I think we,
0: I think I bring that up in every single episode we mentioned Padme but I'm
1: so salty. We have it. I'm
0: so salty.
1: Did we mention Anakin yet because we also mentioned him every episode?
0: We mentioned Vader. Okay. Mentioned
1: Anakin. Sure, yes, mentioned. Okay, oh, Anakin, so- Anakin and Padme. We love them.
0: Yes. Not their relationship, but we love them.
1: (laughs) True. Okay. Going back to Cassian. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, tangent. He's done all of these terrible things for the rebellion. We don't know what they are yet, but we can probably assume some things. Probably killed
0: some people. people,
1: Probably betrayed some people. Stole some supplies for people that needed them. Blown stuff up. Who knows? We will hopefully find out. But the main point I was making is, so we talk about Saw Gerrera being very extremist, uh, maybe, and definitely going too far, but how do you, how do you quantify what too far is? Like, are horrific yeah. actions justifiable just because it's for a, quote, good cause? Well, it's that question, does the end justify the means?
0: Yeah. And I don't know, like, that's a very, that's what people, that's what scholars try to answer all the time. Yeah. Right. Like I'm an I'm an amateur historian and I don't even this question is really hard (laughs) to answer because it's, you know, what is too far? Like damn it. So I
1: guess what's the difference between uh Cassian doing these horrific things or we think they're bad and then saw? Is it the intent behind the actions, even if maybe they're the similar actions, which we don't know for sure because we don't know exactly what Cassian has done. Yeah. I'm assuming they're not. All oh, great. <laughs> we see a great example
0: of, um, I think, doing terrible things for rebellion. That makes sense when we first meet Cassian on the ring of. I can't remember what it is, but it's the cool spaceport where we first meet Cassian and Rogue One where he gets the information about Sagarera I can't remember exactly what information he gets about the Death Star or something. And- Oh, I see, I see where like, this is going. Yeah, his informant <laughs> can't climb out of that area and the Star Troopers find them. And as terrible as it is to kill this ally of, of the rebellion, if Cassian hadn't killed him, this really vital information that ended up saving all these people because they were able to destroy the Death Star would have gotten like, It would have gotten to the stormtroopers and it probably would have gotten higher up. And all of this great things that happened from destroying the Death Star wouldn't have happened. And so sadly, Cassian had to murder this ally of the rebellion. But like, is is that too far? And I don't think so, because look at the results from it. Of course, you don't know what the results of these actions are going to be until you already do them. And so then Mm -hmm. it's really hard. Like you really have to weigh the potential consequences and the potential benefits of each decision. And that's the best answer I can give you to like, what is too far? Like, that was more killing innocent to, people. Yeah. Killing innocent people is sometimes necessary, but no one wants to kill innocent people because they didn't, they haven't done anything.
1: It's just yeah. a very messy situation because there's no clear cut answer of, well, if you do it this way, then it's bad. And if you do it this way, then it's good. Like, I don't think there's a definitive answer to that question. Um, I think everything's very situational. I but- agree. It's very hard, and then I feel like going back to our earlier topic of sacrifice. Imagine what Cassian probably felt after he killed this person, who he probably knew. I mean, in the rebellion, so there's so much mental sacrifice that it go that uh, goes into rebellions.
0: And yeah, Cassian doesn't even know like if these plans ended up getting to the rebellion because he
1: dies. Yeah, he's done Um, so many things, and first of all. Side tangent. The end of Rogue One. Oh my god. Oh my
0: god. The <laughs> on the beach is the music. Mike, well, we're gonna have a whole episode on music soon. Because yes. Maddie and I are both musicians. We're yes. obsessed with film scores. Michael Giacchino, is that how you pronounce his last name? Yes. Oh my lord. Rogue one. So good. The music in the end, just the whole end of Rogue One and the sequence of all of them. As soon as K2SO died, I was like, oh shit they're I'd all good
1: yeah like I'm- and that makes sense though for the story and the fact that you can kill all the characters and still have the story be freaking fantastic is just oh it's so good the sacrifices that all these people made like you had um Chiro I think is his name I do not yeah. remember Chiro yeah and Bane. thank you thank you they just yeah. found these people on um, Jeddah, and they decided to join the rebellion, and then they ended up sacrificing. So it's just so much give and take, and a lot of taking from people for a rebellion to thrive. And it's,
0: it's a lot of giving, pers- it's giving a lot to a cause you don't even know it's going to work out. And that's why I Hope is incredible. And I love that Star Wars is doing now what it did a little bit in Rebels, but start with Sagrera, is really showing like it's not just good and bad guys, right? No. Like the not. Empire is, you know, it's based off of like, nazi germany so it's bad, bad. Um, yes very so debatable. Bad. but there are good people within the empire you have or the first order because you have finn right hux
1: eventually you, and like general hux yeah well i don't even want to talk about that yeah but one, he ends so. up like spying for yeah the that's Ruben. true that's yeah. true um Resistance, another, sorry
0: <laughs> um but yeah you have finn in in the sequels and mm-hmm. you have callus and rebels yes i mean i guess you have vader you yeah, have Vader in the original. Yeah, like, I guess we have Vader. That You know I that one character.
1: Vader, <laughs> so, like Literally like the main, probably the main character of Star Wars. But anyway, and then on la- the flip side, we have Mace Windu and Saw Gerrera uh, who've all gone a bit too far into their quote good side. Um, yeah. And so neither, no side is perfect. And I think Rogue One is a movie that really beautifully captures that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think Star Wars is doing a great job to really create this depth to these stories. It's not just good and evil. Um, I think that they focus on rebellion in the sequels again because we love, I think humans just in general love stories of the underdogs. So they love stories of rebellions. And obviously as Americans, rebellion is and revolution are incredibly important to our origin story. And the same is true for, um, I think, all of the countries South of us. Like,
1: yeah, uh, Latin America. Uh, well, I can't say all with complete certainty, but I know a lot of them are the majority of the rebellion.
0: So rebellion is so important to so many parts of human history. And I think that's why it's a story that everybody finds so enriching. And it's the idea of fighting for something better, like having hope that the world will change to something that is better for all and is prosperous for all is a theme that I think is incredibly important. And it's just something just to strive for. And it gives hope. And Star Wars encapsulates that um, so well. So well. Thank you for listening to Sisters, Sabers, and Star Destroyers.
1: Once again, I'm your host, Sam. And I'm your host, Maddie. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Till next time...